Today on Hardwired. I want you to understand that there are times, there are special seasons, and there are moments in our life when God comes as the overseer, as the inspector, and he scrutinizes our life. This is nowhere better illustrated than when Jesus spoke in Revelations 3.20, and he said, behold, I stand at the door of your heart and I knock. Welcome to Hardwired with Pastor Jeff Wickwire. Whether you find yourself in a good place, maybe in a difficult place, or possibly even in a very lonely place, let me encourage you that you've come to the right place. Now, if you're not able to stick around with us for all of today's program, you can always listen to it at our website, hardwired.org. You may have been listening to the program for a while or possibly just tuned in. Well, I want you to know that we do this for you. With a world that is searching and coming up empty, it's nice to know you can land on this message of hope and truth, something we all need to hear. So let's jump right in with today's program. Here's Pastor Jeff to tell us what's coming up in today's edition of Hardwired. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of Hardwired. Thank you so much for joining us and making us a part of your very busy day. Well, as we head towards this Easter, it's hard to believe it's already Easter, I want to talk to you about something that has always spoken to me, and that is when Jesus looked out over the city of Jerusalem just before his crucifixion. And it says he wept. And why did he weep? Because he said, I came to you, I was going to bless you, I would have saved you, I would have redeemed you, I would have delivered you, but you did not recognize the hour of your visitation. Well, what did Jesus mean by that? And can you and I have an hour of visitation from God today? And if so, what does that mean for us? Well, let's go right to today's message as we sort of gear up for the Easter season. And let's hear what the Bible says about the hour of visitation. Let's go. The road to the resurrection. What I'm going to do is I'm going to pluck out as Jesus nears the cross and nears the resurrection. I'm just going to pluck out a couple of key events that were part of the road, Jesus' pathway to the resurrection. And I want to talk today about the hour of visitation. When Palm Sunday had already taken place and Jesus Christ was in Jerusalem and looking out over Jerusalem, and he says something that we're about to read. After they had thrown the palm leaves down and after they had said, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the highest and so on and so forth, and we're worshiping him, dancing in front of him, praising him, Jesus looked out over the city and he said these words. Let's stand together and look at it and then you can be seated. Let's read Luke 19, verse 41 through 44. Well, I'm going to read it out of my Bible because that's, no, there we go. No, just take that on down. That's wrong. <laughs> All right, Luke 19, 41 to 44. And let's read it. Now, as he drew near, he saw the city, and what did he do? He wept over the city. And the Bible says that Jesus spoke these words. If you had known even you, especially in this your day, the things that make for your what, everyone? Your peace. The things that make for your peace, if you had known. But now they are hidden from your eyes. For days are gonna come when your enemies will build an embankment around you surround you and close you in on every side and level you and your children within you to the ground. 
and they will not leave in you one stone upon another. Now listen to the reason Jesus gives. Because you did not know, recognize, perceive the time of your visitation. The hour of visitation. Father, we thank you for your word today. And I thank you, Lord, that you are the God who visits us. You are the God of the hour of visitation. And Lord, I pray that you will open our eyes and quicken our spirits so that we can respond to the hour of visitation. And we thank you that you're moving all over the earth. And Lord, we want to be a part of that. In the mighty name of Jesus, now we breathe a prayer and say, Lord, help me to respond to the hour of visitation. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, you know, you need to tell your neighbor, perk up and listen, you're going to need this. God is already knocking. This is a very powerful word. Jesus, as I already said, has gone through the Palm Sunday. He's, it's Palm Sunday. He is standing and looking out over Jerusalem. And instead of rejoicing over what has just happened to him and the crowds that have, have hallelujahed him and kumbayahed him, he is instead weeping over this city. Now, I want you to think about that. He's weeping over a city. And he said, you have, you have praised me, but you haven't received me. You have been stirred, but not changed. Now, I'm going to say that again. You've been stirred, but not changed. Many people are stirred by God, but they're not changed. He said, all of this doesn't really mean a whole lot because the bottom line is you have not received me. He knew full well that in just a few days, the same crowd that had praised him would turn on him and demand his crucifixion. So he knew that their praise was about a half an inch deep and a mile wide. It was shallow. It was meaningless. Happens all the time to the Lord. Now, he said, you didn't know the time. You didn't recognize the hour of your visitation. That word time is a word that means an appointed time or an opportunity. You did not recognize, Jerusalem, the opportunity that God has given you. You have been visited by God. You have been approached by the Almighty. And you didn't recognize it. You didn't respond to it. You didn't take advantage of it. And so, woe to you, because I came to heal you. I came to give you peace. I came to deliver and set you free. Jesus was saying to them, you did not recognize the appointed time of your visitation. That is when God was visiting you, the time in which God showed himself gracious towards you and offered you salvation through his son. You didn't recognize the hour of visitation. Now I found what I'm about to share with you very interesting. And I did not know this. But this word visitation is from a Greek word called episkopos. And it's where we get the word bishop. It's where the, the name Episcopalian church comes from. Episkopos means oversee, to oversee something. Like I'm looking out over you right now. I'm overseeing you, episkopos. But it also means to be scrutinized or to be inspected. And what the word is saying here. Jesus was telling them, you have not realized, you have not recognized the hour of your inspection. The hour when the overseeing God has come to your life to inspect your life, to scrutinize your life, 
You have not realized or recognized the hour of your inspection. The people of Jerusalem had been under inspection by the eye of God in the person of Jesus Christ. Can I tell you today, God has inspected you and God has inspected me. We don't live and worship a God who's just out there somewhere kind of dumb and dumber, not knowing what's going on. He knows every atom of your being, every hair on your head, and he has inspected us. He is the God who inspects. Remember when Jesus came to the fig tree and the Bible says he inspected it for fruit and there wasn't any. That was a living illustration, a show and tell of what God is like. God will come up to you and me we will undergo a divine inspection and he will look to see if there's any fruit in our life. And if there's fruit, Jesus said in John 15, he prunes your life so that you can bring forth more fruit. So we live before a God, a God who inspects us, who oversees us. And when he inspects us, guess what he finds? He always finds that though we may be uh, fruitful, we may be walking with him, we're still, after the inspection of God, always found to be in want or in need of more of God. I want more of God. I want to be saturated with God. I want to know the Lord. I want to grow in my knowledge of the Lord. The people of Jerusalem had been under inspection by the eye of God and they had not realized it. The eye of God came in the person of Jesus Christ. And I want you to understand that there are times, there are special seasons, and there are moments in our life when God comes as the overseer, as the inspector, and he scrutinizes our life. This is nowhere better illustrated than when Jesus spoke in Revelations 3.20 and he said, behold, I stand at the door of your heart and I knock. And if any man hears my voice and opens the door, that is a picture of opening your heart to him and opening your life to him so that he can bless you. I stand at the door and I knock. And if any man hears my voice, and what's he doing? When somebody comes knocking on your door, you say, well, we've got a visitor. Somebody's knocking on our door and you look through the window or you look through the people and you see who it is or you say, who is it? And we have been taught in the Bible that if it's the enemy, we are to tell the enemy, we rebuke you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the blood of the lamb, I will not open the door to you. But if it's God, we are to open the door because Jesus said, I have come to you. I have visited you to bring you peace and to bring you healing. Listen, anytime God comes knocking, it's good news. It is good news. He said, if you open the door to me, I'll come in and we will share a meal together as friends. In other words, you can enter into a relationship with the living God, a relationship. Jesus called it a friendship where he will talk to you and you will talk with him. I'm so thankful for the Lord. I'm so thankful that this week I was able to talk to him and he talked back to me. You say, God talks to you? He talks to me through his word every day. And from time to time, he nudges my spirit and speaks to me in my spirit. Absolutely. If the devil can talk, you tell me God can't talk? God doesn't have lockjaw. God did not quit speaking in the first century. God did not quit talking when the canon was closed and the Bible was complete. He still speaks today. He still wants to guide us today. He still wants to say, this is the way, walk ye in it. He will still give you a word of comfort, a word of guidance, a word of wisdom. Our God speaks. His visitations when he visits. 
When he comes to us and he knocks on the door of our heart, on the door of our life, his visitations have a purpose. They have a reason, a cause. And that purpose is to offer his grace, his mercy, and listen, deliverance from destruction when God visits. Now, let me tell you what I believe. Visitations from God, this is my own experience and the experience of many, many, many people and all throughout the Bible. Visitations from God may be dynamic and spectacular. In the Bible, we see when God visited his people, they would have a visitation from an angel. Or when God visited them on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit fell like flames of fire. It was dynamic. It was spectacular. It was earth-shaking. Sometimes visitations are that way. I've had a couple of those in my life by the mercy and grace of God. A dynamic, spectacular visitation. Or they may be quiet. They may be subtle. God comes and he speaks to you in that still small voice. He eases up carefully and softly walking on cat's feet. And he speaks to your conscience. He speaks to your heart. And somehow, some way, you know that God is trying to say something to you. You know that God is trying to speak to you. How do you know? You just know in your knower. You know. Pastor Jeff will be back in a moment, but first I want to share a couple of thoughts with you. Now, you may not be able to stay with us for the entire program, but don't worry. You can find the program at our website, hardwired.org, along with all of the programs from Pastor Jeff. Also, we regularly get emails and calls from listeners just like you who tell us how much the program means to them. But we would love to hear from you too. So let me encourage you to connect with us by calling 877-884-3111 or through the website, hardwired.org. That's hardwired.org. Or call 877-884-3111. And now let's get back to Pastor Jeff with the rest of today's program. God is able to make himself real and vivid and present. Whichever way he chooses, spectacularly or subtly and softly, divine visitations are real and awesome in their importance. And I believe that divine visitations are happening all over the world. And there's a divine visitation here. Oh, and we need to pray for divine visitations. We need to pray for the hour of visitation. I tell you, Jesus is near right at the door. And you you think the Holy Spirit isn't out there working every single moment of every day. And thousands and thousands and millions are being ushered into the kingdom of God. And they are having hours of visitation. I stood in Haiti a few weeks ago, 40,000 people with nothing in this world, not a dime to their name, in rags, living in metal huts in the side of hills with blankets as their door. And yet I saw 40,000 worshiping God, singing, I'm desperate for you. I saw that God is moving all over the world. We have heard so many testimonies of Muslims in Muslim nations where you can't go preach the gospel who have had visitations, who have had visions of Christ appearing to them and saying, I am your savior, I am the way. And they repent based on a visitation that God gives to them without a human witness. And I believe that. 
I tell you what, you can't keep God out. You can't keep a good man down. Lord, I'm about to go into Easter already. You can't keep a good man down. Jesus never preached a good funeral. He always raised him from the dead. And he was the visitation of God. Jesus wept over Jerusalem because he knew that because they had missed their hour of visitation, they were in trouble. Now I'm gonna give you several reasons why God gives us an hour of visitation. Here are several reasons. The first one and the most important one. When God visits an individual, he will initially visit so that they will come to him and be saved. I believe that every person on earth, I don't care where they are, who they are, what they know, what they don't know. Every person on earth is visited by God at some time in their life, either through their conscience, which God put inside of you, through the testimony of creation, or somebody shares the gospel. But with one of those three, every person on earth will receive a visit from God. He will nudge you, nudge your conscience, nudge your mind, bring the reality of his presence to you because our God is fair. He will not allow anyone to perish without giving them a chance. He's a good God, a loving God. Read Romans 1 and 2 if you have a question about that, because Paul talks about the testimony of your conscience and the testimony of creation. Every human being has it. Jesus was offering himself to the people of Jerusalem as savior. He came to his own people, the Jews. And John sadly reports about the hour of visitation when God himself wrapped in skin, appeared before them, began to teach them, raise the dead, cast out devils, heal the sick, walk on water. John says, he came into the very world he created, but the world did not recognize him. He came to his own people, the Jew, and even they rejected him. The most important visitation a person will ever receive in this life is the knocking of God on your heart with the offer of salvation. Hear me on this one. You must be saved. And I'm gonna be bold today. Muhammad never said he came to save you never said he died for your sins. Buddha did not die for your sins. Krishna did not die for your sins. Zoroaster did not die for your sins. There is only one who died for your sins, and there's only one road to salvation, and it is the Lord Jesus Christ. You say, well, Pastor Jeff, that's narrow. That's exactly right. It's a narrow way. But nobody else spilled their blood for you. Nobody else took your place on the cross. I tell you, look at the cross and there is your healing. Look at the cross and there is your direction. Look at the cross and there is your deliverance. Look at the cross and there is your salvation. Look at the cross and there you see how much God loved you. Jesus says in the book of Revelation, I know all the things you do and I have opened a door for you that nobody can close. It says he came to his own and as many as received him, as many as received him, to those he gave the power to become children of God, even those who believe on his name. You say, well, 
Pastor, that's just too simple. That's right. It's simple. So the simplest person can do it. You look up and you say, Lord Jesus, I believe you died for me and I believe you rose from the dead. I invite you into my heart. And at that very moment, a miracle happens to you. Your sin is washed away. Your account of debt towards God is cleared out. And God puts a stamp on your forehead, forgiven, redeemed, forgiven and redeemed. And you are saved. I've had several visitations from God, but I'm going to tell you the first one, I was in juvenile home for sale of narcotics when I was 16 years old. I had never heard the gospel, but a preacher came with several young people. They played a couple of songs on guitars and he got up and just quoted John 3, 16. I had never heard it, never knew it, wasn't raised in church, didn't know anything about it. And when I heard it, Somehow I knew that something else was in the room. I knew, and a voice seemed to say to me, if you do what he has said, I will forgive you and give you a new start. If you don't, you will be destroyed. And so that night, I gave my heart to Christ. I did not know what I was doing in terms of, I didn't have theology, I didn't have any knowledge of the Bible, but I gave my heart to Christ and he saved me. And I asked the guard to leave the light on in my room when I went back to my room, my cell. And he left a little dim light on. And I read my little striped paperback New Testament that he had given me, all that Jesus said and did. And even then at 16, in total pagan darkness, the Lord reached in and changed my life. It was an hour of visitation. And I responded to the hour. Then when I got out of juvenile home, I got sent off to Austin for a year to a boy's ranch. It was part of my probation. And I was a minor. So there was nothing ever on my adult record, ever. But as a minor, I got sent off and for a year I was there. And, and during that year, nobody told me to read the Bible. Nobody told me to go to church. Nobody told me how to grow spiritually. There was no way that they could follow up on me. But I have found the greatest follow-up is the Holy Spirit of God. And I began to dabble in Eastern religion. I tried all kinds of different things to discover and experience what I had felt in jail, which was this peace and this power. And so, man, I tried yoga. I tried going out in the woods and crossing my legs in the lotus position and saying Aum all day long. And I got ant bit. I mean, ants got all over me. And that's all that I experienced. You're supposed to go out there and become one with nature. Aum. And I sat there for the longest time, Aumen, and the ants heard me, and they thought I was a meal. And I really got ants in my pants. And I said, well, so much for meditation. But the Holy Spirit then, when I left there after a year, I got a little apartment next to my dad's apartment, and my dad had gone through a divorce and had remarried, and I was in an apartment just down the way from him, a little efficiency apartment, and I was wondering where God was and what had happened to me, and a knock came on my door one day, and it was two of my old drug friends, and they said, hey, you wanna come with us tonight to a Bible study? And I said, a Bible study? They were carrying a Bible, they had that smile on their face and that look in their eye that when you're lost, you recognize from 10 miles away. And I said, well, I don't know, I, you know, I'll think about it. And I shut the door. And when I shut the door and they walked away, I turned around and there was another presence in the room. And the Lord seemed to say to me, go to that Bible study. It was an hour of visitation, hour of visitation. And I went and that night I went and I saw young people like me, long hair, wire rim glasses, skinny, blue jeans, bell bottoms, the whole bit worshiping 
Jesus with tears running down their cheeks. And I prayed a dangerous prayer. I said, God, if you'll give me that, I'll give up anything. He said, say that one more time. <laughs> you ever hear God say that? Say that one more time. And I said, Lord, if you'll give me what they have, and right then the power of God hit me. You say, well, Pastor Jeff, are you about to get Pentecostal? Well, I've been Pentecostal a long time. A long time. I believe we need Pentecost at any cost. Amen? And, and, and it came on me. And suddenly I was overwhelmed with a sense of the love of God. I can't describe it to you. It's like somebody opened up the top of my head and liquid love was poured down into my spirit. And I couldn't stay in that prayer circle. I broke out, went out into the front yard. This was at a house and Jesus just filled me, baptized me, whatever you want to call it, in the Holy Spirit. And within a year I was preaching and teaching the word. It revolutionized my life. And I tell you, honestly, Standing before you, I am what I am by the grace of God. That's it. I am what I am by the grace of God. Thanks for tuning in today to Hardwired with Pastor Jeff Wickwire. With the busy schedule everyone has these days, it means the world to us that you would take this time to listen. Let us know how it has touched your heart by calling us at 877-884-3111. You can also connect with us at our website, hardwired.org. It's no secret that our country has had some extreme challenges over the last year or two. People have been going through depression, isolation, emotional pains, disillusionment, and more, and are looking for something to grab a hold of for security. Well, the answer is not in something, it's someone, Jesus Christ. And that's what this program is all about. So here's how you can help us get this message out. Being a listener-supported program means we rely on the financial partnership of our listeners, which means you. And we believe that these messages with Pastor Jeff are making a difference in your life. So this is how you can make a difference to ours. You can contribute by giving us a call at 877-884-3111 or at our website, hardwired.org. 877-884-3111 or go to hardwired.org. Thank you for your very generous gifts. God bless, and thanks for listening to Hardwired. <laughs>